0: as we consider the many ways to bring your mind and body back to its natural peace and calm. We offer a number of ways to help you with your journey, so I hope you're taking advantage of everything that we offer. You can subscribe to this twice-a-week podcast, and if you sign up for our newsletter, you'll get more from me and advance notice of things that are coming up. Go to anxietycoachespodcast.com and check all that out. Digital apnea. Have you heard of that? I don't know if you have or not. I know that you have heard of sleep apnea. And today I want to talk about digital apnea. We all know with sleep apnea, we hold our breath when we are sleeping. And that can cause a lot of trouble because we need that oxygen All night long, and people can hold their breath in sleep apnea for quite a long time, causing real oxygen deprivation, uh, and enough that it it, over time can cause great problems in people's lives. So obviously, if you are having Uh, difficulty with that. You would wake up feeling really tired in the morning. And a lot of those people with sleep apnea are falling asleep during the day and feeling extremely exhausted. This happens to people who happen to be overweight or have other obstructive issues. And so obviously it's something that you would talk to your physician about. But today I want to talk about digital apnea. Well, let's talk about our breath first, and then we'll get into the digital apnea piece of it. One of the things that we tend to forget is how powerful our breath is, not only in keeping us uh, alive and well and um, we all know that our respiration increases when we are anxious and or trying to get away from something when we need to take care of an issue and our stress hormones have been released. We know that our respiration increases. And so one of the ways that we can get ourselves out of that kind of feeling is by slowing our breath down by becoming aware of our breathing and making some changes in there and i remember tell i remember the having the epiphany i was at my health food stores and a woman came in talking about uh, her panic and her anxiety. And uh, she wanted she was had a list of, of supplements that she wanted to get. And so we talked about all of those things and the things that could be helpful for her, for her general health and well-being. And we got all those picked up. And I remember taking her over into the book section and having a conversation with her. And the thing I remember most was me telling her, that I could so relate to what she was talking about because I had had the realization that I could breathe myself into or out of a state of anxiety. Now, at that point, I was just working on my own self. And uh, obviously I was already in uh, a health milieu and um, helping people all the time with health and wellness. But to have really had that realization that the breath was really at a at the, at one of the cornerstones of this thing for me. And, um, you know, all the other things that we were doing were helping too, but the breathing. And she was kind of amazed to think that just the breath could be helpful. So I wanted to share that with you because we forget how important our breath is. We go on about our day because we don't have to think about it. It just kind of happens. You think about it when it doesn't feel right. And so your breath is really like uh, an on-off switch in which you can go flip your nervous system from um, from being stressed to being calm. Like I was telling this woman that I could, I could tell her how to go from being stressed you know, in that stressful state to the calm state with the breath. And you know, we talk about that here all the time. It's what we're doing when we use Buddha belly breathing, when we can actually let the breath slow down, we are moving ourselves into the parasympathetic nervous system. And that's what we do. We're taking our own mind and using our willpower in our physical being, to make the change. And we feel that change, not only physically, but we feel that change psychologically. So that's, again, we know how connected the mind and the body are. And we want to be sure that we are doing everything we can to have that working for us, not against us. Because left to its own device, the body will If you are having thoughts that are anxious, that are fearful and scary, the body's going to react as if it is in a very stressful situation and your breathing is going to change. So, all right, well, what does that have to do with digital, right? We already know that we can uh, get our, our mind to understand, oh, we're calm now because we're breathing in a relaxed manner. And uh, we wouldn't be doing that if a lion was chasing us. So the mind says, okay, we can jump back into our rest and digest part of our nervous system and chill out. That's great. But what about holding our breath? It's kind of the other side of it. We tend to hold our breath when we are interacting With our smartphones, when we are in the middle of emails and using other media, we have been shown to be holding our breath. I found this quite fascinating. And you know what holding your breath does. It starts to create low levels, but creates it nonetheless stress. It creates Chronic low level stress, and we are in that cycle. Then, this is our response, and we do it day in and day out, and we do it all day. Maybe a little bit here, put the screens down, go do something else, but it is happening, and we want to pay attention because the ability to be able to control the Levels of stress that we are having is, is of the utmost importance because there are so many things and times that we can't control the, the outer stress in our lives. But this holding our breath many, many times throughout the whole day is causing us to be releasing stress hormones and giving our mind and body way too much stress, stress that doesn't need to be there. And it, didn't appear from what I read, uh, to have anything to do with what we were looking at. It didn't, it didn't state that it was stressful emails or stressful, um, digital content, but just using our screens, we were found to be holding our breath. Another piece of this is when we are constantly interrupted with external things such as our phones. Our texts. Even if you're working in an office environment where people are always asking you questions, they pop their head in and say, just one quick question. Um, And this happens to moms at home. This is a source of some of that exhaustion that mothers can feel. Children all day, every day needing and requiring attention. And so we are always being interrupted and and switching gears. So these self- Generated interruptions, the ones that we have that we are going to on our own, are the place that we can make a change. And so we can use our own efforts to begin to bring those down a little bit and not have so many distractions. These dis- chronic distractions erode our sense of having any control over our lives. And you know, if you're listening to this show, you have probably already struggled with the idea of control and the, the the desire inside. If I could just get control of things, I would feel better, or I feel better when I know that I am in control or that I am uh, able to take care of everything. So what happens is that the chronic distractions give us a feeling that we don't have any control. That is everything that is happening in our lives is coming from the external environment and is being done to us. And this can make you feel like you are losing yourself. And I know many of you out there know that feeling because I'm reading your email. I'm seeing what you are saying to me and you feel lost and you feel like you have no control even though you are searching for it and you think you will feel better when you have it, you may be, just like including myself in here, you may be giving it up into these things that we think are so helpful to us, our screens, our devices. So what can we do if it is true that we are holding our breath more when we are using our technology, our screens, our email, even all of this that we do day in and day out. This is not going away anytime soon, right? So what is it that we are to do if we are going to be able to actually get a better breath? Because like I said, it is our breath that can switch us from our state of stress into more peace and calm. Now, of course, it takes practice, and we need to do it over and over again. But it is in the practicing that you get there. So you can't just do it once, say, oh, I didn't feel better, I'm done. You have to just keep at it. Because we learn to take a longer breath, we learn to take a deeper breath. And we learn, eventually, that we don't have to be so consciously aware of all of this, we do it automatically, it becomes our new way of being to be able to be taking a better breath. One of the ways that we can uh, actually get to this is to be able to pay attention, to control the content of your own consciousness. And so what are we to do? If you have any interest in this, if you think that this is talking about you, I invite you to read a wonderful book. And the title of of the book is Distraction Addiction. I think that you will find that very, very helpful if you are seeing yourself in this podcast. And that book is by Alex Sooyoung Kimpeng. And I will have a link to that in the show notes. But again, the title is Distraction Addiction. And the author is Alex Sooyoung Young. Kim Peng, And I think that this could be very helpful for those of you who feel when you hear it, you may not like it, but you can hear yourself in that, that that the distraction and the constant going to the screen or, or being interrupted. If you can feel that in you, I invite you to read this wonderful book. Alex says the best thing that we can do is to gain the ability to pay attention, to control the content of our consciousness. And, and he goes on to say that that's critical to a good life, and I couldn't agree more. And this explains why these constant distractions can be such a big problem. When we're constantly interrupted by external things, like I was saying, the phone or the kids, the coworker asking a question again somebody else popping their head in um the 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 alerts on our phones and our computer people knocking on your door um this can become a feeling of we don't have control over our own life our own time our own space and it can make us feel very out of control and not not feeling ourselves, almost a sense of losing ourselves. So one of the things that he goes on to talk about in the book, and I just really grasped onto this, I love this, is a Latin phrase, solvitur ambulando. You will forgive my Latin, but it is a Latin phrase meaning the idea of that walking helps thinking and can be a form of contemplative practice that has been around since antiquity. The Latin phrase, solvitur ambulando, is attributed to ancient philosophers, many of them, as diverse as Augustine, the Buddhists, and the Christians, They all share a tradition of walking meditation, in which long walks or short walks, uh, hiking walks, being out in the wilderness walking, or in a labyrinth, and these can stimulate spiritual reflection and renewal. Alex goes on to say that walking was an essential tool for the 18th and 19th century philosophers. And he includes Kant and uh, Kierkegaard and, uh, in that list. And he goes on to say that they were famous regular walkers. Kierkegaard declared, I have walked myself into my best thoughts. And he was known to be drawn to walking for both its physical and mental stimulation and we all know uh that walking is good for us physically and it has also been you know shown by modern science that it is good for us mentally also uh many uh, many years ago even they were showing that the depression alone could be lessened and lightened from walking so uh, i think it's a good thing to add to your repertoire just go and walk And historically, so popular was the image um, of the walking philosopher that Nietzsche famously stated toward the end of the 19th century. He said, all truly great thoughts, including his own, are conceived by walking. And I think we should pay attention to that. We cannot undo our stress by staying in the stressful situations. And it doesn't mean that we need to pack everything up and go live on the side of a mountain in a cave. It means that we need to dip into daily short practices of things that can pull us out of that, that can change our thinking and get us into more of a conscious thought versus a reactive thought and to be able to have the physical movement of walking. Our bodies are made to walk and let that also be your, your physical time and your, your mind clearing time, your time that you actually get away from having to be reactive. Give it some, give it some thought and let, let's see where your mind goes. Maybe you come up with solutions for your own life in there. I hope you'll make some changes. And I hope you'll let us know how you're doing with it. So you can send an email to anxietycoachespodcast at gmail.com. I really look forward to hearing from you and hearing how you are being more conscious and more aware of what you are letting in and letting that breath go deeper. If you notice you are on your screen If you are on your screen, that means Buddha belly breathing for you, so you don't have to end up with digital apnea. That's it for today's episode. And before I read today's quote, I want to put out a personal invitation to those of you who would like to take your healing and your clearing of your anxiety panic to another level. If you are not someone who wants to join a group coaching program, you may be interested in joining in with me on Coaching One-on-One. You can learn more about that at the website, anxietycoachespodcast.com, and go to the one-on-one coaching page. Feel free to send me an email, anxietycoachespodcast at gmail.com with coaching in the subject, and I'll be sure to get back with you and we'll take it from there. No need to have this drag on forever. And now for today's quote. Meditation is the original neuroscience the world's oldest conscious exploration of neuroplasticity, and it's a 2,500-year-old answer to the 25-year-old problem of digital distraction. And that's from author Alex Su-Jung Kim Peng. I'll be back in a few more days with another podcast. Until then, be well and aloha.